0: So Money Episode Six Eighty Four: Mary Wheeler, Founder of Abundant Wealth Solutions.
1: You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a thirty-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money.
0: Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Put on your seatbelts. I'm sharing a story of a remarkable young woman who got herself out of $30,000 worth of debt in 96 calendar days. 96 days, less than four months. I'm talking about Mary Wheeler. She is now a financial coach who runs her own business called Abundant Wealth Solutions. And her goal in life is to help others eliminate their student loan debt and achieve financial freedom. Because Mary didn't always have a strong grasp on her finances. She actually grew up in the projects of Mississippi where she says she was surrounded by a culture of consumption. And it took her many years to figure out a way to climb out of debt and build her own net worth. We're going explore all of this, including the jobs that she held after college. The two years after college, she worked at the mall and held many a jobs. Maybe you can relate. And she talks about the time when she realized, you know what? It's time to get out of debt once and for all. Here's the inspiring Mary Wheeler. Mary Wheeler, welcome to So Money. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for coming.
1: I am so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and it's nice to switch the seats with you a little bit. You had me on your podcast recently. Tell us about your show.
1: Yes, yes. I recently just launched uh, my podcast, No Debt, No Problem. K-N-O-W, debt, N-O, problem. No debt, no problem. And it's it's about debt, all things money, and triumph. So mm-hmm. um, you get to know a little bit about this and a little bit about that as well. So definitely check it out. It's on, available on all all
0: platforms, iTunes, everywhere podcasts are available. I'll tell you, I love hearing about women leading the charge in the podcast space, particularly the finance podcast space. So we're happy to have you in the community. And everyone, check out Mary's podcast, um, No Debt, No Problem. That's no with K-N-O-W, debt, no problem. And this is something that you know all about, Mary. And I want to dive right into this lead story here that you got out of $30,000 worth of debt in under a hundred days, 96 days, what well, that's like over a little, a few, a little bit more than three months. So $10,000 yes. a month you were paying down in your twenties. Tell me, tell me everything. What did you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. For news. So it's actually a very interesting story. Um, so to take you back, um, you know, how this all got started, you know, I actually got my monthly bill in the mail from, from Sally Mae, right. Every month. And I just, just happened to to look at it and, and kind of examine it and look at, you know, what I owe. And I still owe $27,000. And mind you, this is eight years after me graduating. Um, and I was like, goodness gracious. And from that moment, I was like, I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. Um, so I created a plan, a two-year, it was originally a two-year plan um, to, to get this debt out of my life so that I could begin to live my life in true financial abundance. Um, so, you know, I wrote it all down and uh, I stuck it on my fridge so, you know, that way I could see it every day and it could act as a constant reminder to myself on why I was, um, you know, cutting back so much.
0: So, because what was about, on the other side of this for you? What did you mean by, what do you mean by an abundant life? Well, you know, essentially
1: being able to experience financial freedom. So, um, you know, Instead of all of my money going to my debtors, you know, I'll be able to now repurpose that money and invest it in, uh, and allow that money to make money for me as opposed to, you know, me paying other people my hard, earn, hard earned money. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely. It, not it hurts, the job right? That when I you're like, on.
0: I work so hard all month <laughs> and I have nothing to show for it. So initially, you wanted it to be a two year plan, you made visualization a, a, a tool to work in your favor, then how did you, how did you speed that up to just three months?
1: Yeah. So um, about 30, when I was 30 days into the plan, you know, after budgeting, after cutting back, you know, adjusting my lifestyle, you know, less happy hours and things like that, um, you know, I got this overtime opportunity to do um, overtime at work. So, you know, I was working day and night, Farnoosh. Um, I can tell you that I was only taking one off day every 14 days. And these are 12 to 14 hour days. So I was pretty much a zombie. But again, you know, I knew my why. I knew what I was doing. I knew why I was doing it. And I had a, a greater purpose in mind. And, you know, um, after getting in the trenches, you know, 96 days later, I was completely dead free. And, you know, I know that once, you know, you put something out there into the universe and you're intentional and you're purposeful and you know your why, you, you know, everything will work out and sometimes even better than what you plan for it to.
0: Yes. Well, can you get even more specific with the numbers? How much are you bringing in? What percentage were you saving? Because I think that'll also give us more of a sense of just how to do it on our own.
1: Yeah. So at the time, uh, in addition to me working overtime, I had probably about $11,000 in savings that I had already previously. So I took 10000 of that and threw it towards my debt. So my overall debt was Mm $30,000, you know, 27,000 of that was student loans and 3000 of that was like a mixture of credit cards, 401k loans. And so, you know, I took, I took that $10,000 and, you know, gave myself a head start. So I only had a thousand dollars of safety net. So that put me in a very uncomfortable place. (laughs) Um, so, um, With this overtime opportunity, I had a chance to make an additional Mm. $20,000. So I just used every penny of that and threw it towards the debt. And, you know, before I knew it, it was all gone.
0: That's so powerful to to have one aspect of your life, like this overtime job, equate to achieving such a huge goal. You know, if I do this then this will happen. I think that's super motivating as human beings, you know, to say like, this is, I'm going to compartmentalize this, uh, this task, this job, this overtime and have it mainly support this goal to get out of debt. And you majored in psychology. Did you take any pages out of your psychology book to help you get through uh, getting out of debt?
1: (laughs) You know, actually, you know, I understand that, you know, when you talk about money, you know, it's pretty much 80% behavior and it's, The the rest of it is like 20 percent head knowledge. So, you know, as long as you can control yourself, the person in the mirror, that's a great head start, because a lot of times, you know, we tend to get in our own way. We spend, you know, um, aimlessly on different things. You know, maybe there's a sale or maybe um, we're just going in the store and make it impulse, impulse purchases. But, you know, being able to, you know, get back to the core, uh, which is self-discipline. And being able to control the person in the mirror, then, you know, you already kind of give yourself a leg up when it comes to, you know, your own financial journey and achieving your own financial goals.
0: Tell us a bit more about the the side jobs that you have after college. You worked at a deli. You were making sandwiches. You worked at a shoe store. I love that. It's like, I'm just going to do what I have to do. I, I dog sat. I babysat. And I had a master's degree. No shame. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So I had graduated college, you know, um, I had all this debt and no job. I had no way of paying it paying it off. I had no plan. And, you know, when I graduated in college, I was working at a deli. I was actually working in the mall. So I would make sandwiches in the morning. And then I would get off, uh, you know, probably about four that evening. I'll go around the corner and start selling shoes. So it was definitely the ultimate hustle. But, you know, I had to do what I had to do um, to get some type of money flowing in. Um, Although it wasn't very much money, but, you know, I just had to, you know, again, get in the trenches. And, you know, all the time it's not the most.
0: Yeah, you probably met people, made some networking, did some networking, got some, got some free sandwiches too. Probably at the same time, saving <laughs> <my> food.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, uh, while I was in the shoe store, I actually met the guy who ha- hired me for my first career job.
0: So well, there you go. It was all in the hustle and bustle. There you go. Boom. I mean gosh that couldn't have I couldn't have ended that story more perfectly. Tell us a little bit about your coaching practice. You run abundant wealth solutions now. I know that you went back and got your financial coaching designation and so who are you interested in helping in, and and maybe give us a case study what's been a success story that's come yeah, out of your, so, out of your planning
1: Yeah, absolutely so um I'm actually interested in helping individuals that are, you know, transitioning from college into the real world. Because, you know, I think back to my own personal situation, Um, you know, I I was I wasn't financially educated. They didn't talk about it in school. So, you know, I want to go back and, you know, capture the little me's and, you know, set them up for success, you know, give them back what, what I didn't have. You know, some of the fundamentals of financial literacy, such as, you know, when it comes to budgeting, you know how to save. You know what it means to you know start up. You know your own investments and things like that, um, as well as catch those individuals that are in high school. So even before they get to the point of uh, getting and accumulating student loan debt, that they do it in a more smarter way. So I definitely do financial literacy workshops that kind of prepares them for, um, you know, attending college smart. You know, instead of you know, that kind of helps lessen the student loan debt. Maybe, I mean, because some people you need student loans, but maybe, you know, if you're working while you're in uh, college, you know, you can lessen the debt load right. um, on you. And you'll, be more, um, you'll be more pleased with yourself when you graduate, but, you know, just by making that small adjustment.
0: <laughs> Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your house. Visit simplysafe.com slash so money. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash so money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash so money. It couldn't so, be, you couldn't be more right. I go to Penn State a lot. It's where I went to college and I sometimes speak to classrooms. And the biggest question there is obviously, you know, how do I tackle my student loan debt? when i graduate and so then my, then i ask how much debt are you in and they don't know they right. don't know how much debt they took on they they and i or i'll ask how much will you have to pay back every month i don't know so it's that sort of literacy that doesn't take a whole lot you just have to go find out from the paperwork or the website or talking to your student loan officer so that you can like you said anticipate what that's going to be maybe that'll give you the fire in your belly to get that job while you're in college, to save during the summers, to work during the summers, to be able to at least have something in the bank ready to go when you get out of school to, to, to address those loans so that, guess what? You can now maybe pursue a job that you want as opposed to a job that you desperately need to just make ends meet.
1: Exactly. And that makes all the difference.
0: Yeah. Well, I... Uh, let's talk about you a little bit more deeply, how, where you're from. You're, I know you're from Mississippi and specifically you lived in the projects. What was your introduction to money as a child growing up there?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, my my earliest memory of money, you know, was, you know, having the bare minimum. So, you know, Growing up, you know, my parents, they just they was rubbing two nickels together, you know, just to, you know, get us our essentials, the necessities that we needed, you know, for for life. There was no extra when it came to to anything. So, you know, that just kind of resonated with me, you know, as I grew older, um, that. I wanted to always have the ability and the flexibility to have options. You know, maybe if there was a trip or something I wanted to do. You know, now I have the option to say, yeah, I go on that trip, or, or no, I won't. You know, it won't be because you know I don't have the funds to go. And you know that stems back from you know how, when we grew up. You know, and you know having just the bare minimum, bare minimum, and not having um, you know the flexibility to choose. Um, the extracurricular activities that you really wanted to do because you couldn't financially.
0: So was there a moment like, do you remember maybe a time when you felt the financial burden as a young kid? I know it's hard when you're in school and other kids have things or they're going on trips or there's something that you want and you can't have it. Do you remember a moment like that and how it made you feel? In some cases, that's That is the moment for kids, right? Where they're like, either I'm either just going to have to roll with this, roll with the punches, or I'm going to go out there and try to earn the money. Or when I get older, God help me if I'm in this situation.
1: Yeah. When, you know, actually when I was younger, uh, my friends used to come back from summer break, you know, talking about how they went to Disney World and they went to all these great places and how much fun they had and You know, I just remember those stories so vividly um, because we never went on vacation, you know, as a a family. Um, But because there was never enough money to do those types of extra things. But the lesson that I learned in that was to, you know, again, to put myself uh, in a position financially to have those options. Uh, to do that and have that cushion and, you know, the vacation funds, the emergency funds um, to give myself uh, flexibility.
0: What's your overarching money philosophy today?
1: I would say my overarching money philosophy is that you have enough. So um, always being thankful for the money that, that I do have. And not always getting caught up in wanting more just because there will always be this desire to have more. You know, say for example, if you made a hundred thousand dollars and you might say, Well, only if I made a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, then I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to do that. Well, you know, what about when you were making less than that hundred thousand? You know, wasn't a hundred thousand once the goal? So, you know. I think that um, you know I apply this in my life by you know earning more than I spend, and you know once you understand that you have enough, um, you appreciate what you appreciate appreciates.
0: Hmm, I like that. You what you appreciate appreciates. That is so quotable. My goodness, yes. I'm writing that down. What you and before that you were saying you know once you kind of uh, when I think when you're grateful about what you have, you know, reminding yourself of just how great you have it and recognizing in the moment, you've got your health, you've got your safety, you've got your money in the bank, you've got your career that you love. You have, I mean, the list goes on, the list goes on, the sun is shining, the weather is cold, but you know what? I've got a warm jacket. All is good in the world, you know, in this moment. And I'm living, I'm breathing, then I think, yes, what you appreciate appreciates because my gosh, yeah, stop to smell the roses because the roses the roses smell really good. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you start to appreciate that and you just have a better appreciation for life. And I think that all that energy is just we need more of that in the world. But what you appreciate yes, appreciates, that's a that's a Mary Wheelerism. That's right. A Hashtag, Mary Hashtag. Wheeler- no. Hashtag. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Tell me what was your so money moment.
1: You know, honestly, for me, my so money moment was uh getting out of debt. <laughs> you know, for me that was one of the best things um that I could have done for myself. Um and it, you know, just put me in a position to, you know, not o- only build myself up financially, but to be able to give back um, to others. Um, so and help share some of that. So, you know, that's what I'm really, truly grateful for. Um, you know, my debt story is not just my story. You know, it, it transition and it cascades out into, you know, the
0: communities and different people. So uh,
1: I'm, I'm truly grateful for my soul
0: money moment. What did you do that day when you're balance went to zero. Do you remember it vividly? Man, I remember it was June 3rd, 2016.
1: And I just remember, kept logging back into the student loan website to make sure that the balance was zero. I was like, is this real? Is this real? (laughs) And they had like the confetti coming down and it was like, congratulations, all your student loans have been paid. And it was just, I mean, an unexplainable feeling. uh, Because honestly, for i I never thought that I would be able to get this out of my life. Number one was because I never knew anybody that actually uh, paid their student loans off. I mean, I know people that have student loans that are, you know, 10, 20, 30 years old. Um, so, you know, for me, this was something uh, very life changing and very, you know, impactful for me as an individual. But also for me to be able to be the example to those who are just like me, you know, in, in my similar situation to give them hope and to inspire them to take action on their own financial journey, whatever that means. Maybe student loan debt is not, you know, their um, their debt problem. Maybe they have something else. Maybe they have a host of credit card debt or maybe they have car loans and things like that. But, you know, I my hope is that you know, by listening to this podcast and listening to this story that you're inspired to, you know, tackle your own debt and whatever that is and kill it. You can
0: knock it out. You can do it. You can do it. Okay. Talk about maybe a moment that you're not so proud of, a a failure maybe of sorts that you feel was a, a moment of reckoning, a financial reckoning for you.
1: Yeah, I would say um, my financial failure was failing to act. And, you know, act sooner. You know, I, I waited eight years to to get out of debt. So I think acting with a sense of urgency when it comes to that puts you in a better place to start building wealth earlier. And then, you know, you get to enjoy the, the the reaps of compound interest. And, you know, the earlier you start, you know, the more you have. And, you know, I've also made some some not smart um, um, financial purchases as well. You know, I spend way too much money on designer jeans, um, and that I'm that I'm not proud of. So, but you know, I, you, I think you have to go through to get through, and you know, it's all a part of the story.
0: Designer jeans. Oh, can I ask how much you spend on your jeans?
1: Yeah, for uh <laughs>
0: Because I'm right there with you. (laughs) I have a couple of pair of jeans that I paid over three hundred dollars for. Oh, oh no, no. Oh no no no. I mean I know, I know that they can cost that much, and I know that finding jeans is like trying to find a diamond in the rough, it's really hard to find a good pair of jeans that fit, that you feel comfortable with. There's so many jeans out there that are built for like Amazon women. I feel like they're like 500 feet long. They're skinny. It's like, I this is not the average woman. That's not me. So, I have to really like, once I find a jean that fits, I buy like three or four pairs of them in different colors because it's it's, uh, it's my uniform. I wear jeans all the time. But 300, you don't have – I feel like you could probably find something – um, maybe even like in the one hundred to two hundred range that you, you, you know, or you'd be even getting like tailored jeans. I wouldn't cost that much.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I actually this was before you know my financial awakening. So, uh, yeah, so this yeah, yeah. Pre awakening, um, right? This, this is, is pre awakening, Mary. So Got it. Okay. Don't don't do that. I'm not recommending you do that at all.
0: No. Uh, Made well, by the way, makes some excellent jeans and bottoms. Uh that that I, you know, used to also like try the designer pairs from the department store, but I find that Madewell uh makes makes a nice pair of jeans for me. I know that's not going to be the same for everybody, but I know. I feel you. All right, let's do some so many fill in the blanks. All right, Mary? All right, let's do it. First thing you, that comes to mind, if I won the lottery tomorrow, let's say you won, a hundred million dollars, the first thing I would do is you know the first thing I would do is buy me a house and um, I would
1: schedule a meeting with Oprah and Warren Buffett some kind of way. Ooh. I would make that well, happen
0: Warren Buffett does sell a lunch every year. I think it goes I'll for, definitely be buying that lunch. yeah, I think it goes for like almost two million dollars now, so you could definitely have a few lunches with him. I don't know about Oprah though she might be running for president, she might be busy. <laughs> I know, but I'll try to get her. What do you think about that? What do you think about Oprah 2020? You know, she has my vote. I love Oprah. Yeah, obviously. But do we want her to go to the White House? I like having (sighs) Oprah accessible and, you know, doing what Oprah does best, which is connecting with people and telling stories and being an orator. I feel like as a president... Although I want someone like Oprah. If we could clone Oprah, I think she could. we could afford to have Oprah be president. But we can't afford to lose Oprah to the presidency. We'll lose her. Yeah. I think she'll stay true to herself, I, though. I think uh, yeah. we'll just have her on a broader scale. Oprah 2020, you got my vote, but I don't want to lose her to the presidency. <laughs> uh, all right. Next question. When I splurge, something I love to buy is
1: massages, actually. Um, And they keep me balanced. Um, Me and my massage therapist, we're like BFFs. So, you know, it's something that I definitely need and I find much value in. So it's definitely give you a a different level of peace of mind.
0: Yeah. I got to get some massages in on the calendar for 2018. I had one massage over vacation and that's probably the first massage I've had in years. So I know I'm just not a massage. How was it? Amazing hurt okay. it hurt but i didn't feel sore or anything the next day i almost i mean i felt great in the moment but i don't know maybe i didn't get a deep enough massage but it was it was great i loved it it was it was time to just sit there and do nothing to <laughs> have someone yeah, it's get rid of all my uh soreness all right one thing i wish i had learned about money growing up is
1: uh, actually, save early. You know, start saving early is what I what I wish I'd I known earlier, as well as, you know, mon- using money as a tool as opposed to using it as a weapon. I wish I would have known that earlier as well.
0: What do you mean by using it as a weapon?
1: Well, you know, um, sometimes we can get caught up in, you know, doing things that will, you know, pull us down, like making bad money choices and buying things that have put us in debt for an extended period of time and, you know, not making the smartest decision with money, which is is meant to be used as a tool, something to help, you know, you grow wealth and be able to invest and, you know, be able to give and do things like that. So, you know, money can be used as a weapon when you're, you know, not using it um, in a way To kind of build yourself up in addition to building others up.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I can see why you are so good at your job. Mary Wheeler, (laughs) what your company again is called, tell us. Abundant Wealth Solutions. Abundant Wealth Solutions. Okay. And so before we let you go, I'm Mary Wheeler. I'm so money because...
1: I am so money because you know I understand that being wealthy is more than um, ha- having uh, just money. It's a mixture of having that good balance between family relationships and money as well.
0: Yeah, your money is meaningless without a community around it to share with and and have them support you and couldn't agree more. Mary Wheeler, thank you so much. I hope that you uh, get that house one day soon. Absolutely. Without the lottery. You don't need the lottery. You'll get it. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Again, Mary's company's Abundant Wealth Solutions. The website is AbundantWealthServices.com. And she is on Twitter at Abundant WS. All this information is back at somoneypodcast.com where you can join our newsletter. You can download the podcast, the transcript, and also click on Ask Farnoosh while you're there and leave me a question for the Friday episodes by either uh, typing it in or leaving a voicemail. And also there, let me know if you want to join me on the Friday episodes as a co-host. You up for it? I'd love to connect with you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope your day is so money.